Weddings are supposed to be magical. At least that's the way they're planned to be. But it doesn't always end up that way. Solidifying your commitment to each other, usually in front of friends and family, then celebrating and beginning years of happily ever after. That's the dream. But sometimes happiness turns into havoc when crime crashes your big day, showing up to turn a couple's dream wedding into a total nightmare. From the deadly to the dangerous, you're cordially invited to the unfortunate union between matrimony and mayhem. Hey, all you weirdos. Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 tragic wedding crimes. Okay, weddings in general, I think we can all agree, have more than enough pressure put on them from the jump without the added chaos of an actual crime (laughs) occurring during one. Yes. Like, I would not have been pleased if my wedding had been disrupted by, like, some kind of nefarious dealings. Oh, no, 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 no. There was enough going on. It is my day. And you're right. (laughs) Weddings are stressful to begin with. I I haven't gotten married, but, like, I know. They are. You saw. I don't need anyone showing up to my day to either, like, one, steal my thunder, or two, just, like, ruin everything. Just ruin it. It's my day. Just make everybody sad. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, I can say that like with all seriousness, my main priority that day was just to marry John at the end of the day. Like you remember, I was like, if the whole place just falls apart, that's fine. As long as I just get to marry John. Yeah. She forgot her wedding dress on the day of. I forgot my wedding dress. I hadn't seen my bridesmaid dresses until that day altogether. I was like, oh, cool. They work. You were like almost too laid back. Yeah. It was a little, it was unsettling to a lot of people. (laughs) But I'm hoping that like, even with all the chaos and these stories maybe there's like a few happy moments or happy endings i don't really know about that (laughs) i don't really know (laughs) i don't think we're going to be seeing any of these weddings on like an inspirational reality show anytime soon (laughs) i don't think so. maybe like a dark netflix documentary perhaps Yeah. yeah you're right well i have five doomed nuptials and so does elena but neither of us knows who will take the wedding cake hey let's start the countdown Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Over 25 years ago, on September 29, 1998, we watched a brainy girl with curly hair drop everything to follow a guy she only kind of knew all the way to college. And so began Felicity. My name is Juliette Littman, and I'm a Felicity superfan. Join me, Amanda Foreman, who you may know better as Megan, the roommate, and Greg Grunberg, who you may also know as Sean Blunberg, as the three of us revisit our favorite moments from the show and talk to the people who helped shape it. Listen to Dear Felicity, presented by Walmart on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Bin Verified. Help chip away at the uncertainty that comes with online dating and use binverified.com, a leading platform for online background searches and people search reports. With their powerful search tools and extensive database, you could easily gather information about potential dates, which may help you find peace of mind before taking that next step. 
You can never be too safe when it comes to dating. Get 20% off today to help take control of your dating game. Visit beenverified.com slash podcast. 10. I'll start us off with number 10, the 2004 Marriage Hall Fire in the temple town of Srirangam in India. That January, a fire broke out during a wedding ceremony when a temporary thatched roof structure caught fire, killing roughly 60 people, including the groom, and injured 30 more. Oh my God. Yeah, we're really starting off here. Wow, we're just kicking the door down. Yeah, right? We're like the Kool-Aid man, just like, all right. Except we're screaming, oh no. <laughs> oh no. While the thatched roof structure was quickly set up to be a makeshift venue for the wedding. Honestly, anything makeshift is like super yeah. questionable. Don't do it. Yeah, that it doesn't lead to good things usually. Especially not at a wedding. Don't makeshift anything for your wedding. But you know what? Hindsight. 2020. Exactly. The family said the usual main hall wasn't big enough for the number of guests that they expected because 250 people ended up attending this wedding. That's Ooh. like a pretty big wedding. Wow. A thatched roof is usually made of dry vegetation like straw, so it went up in flames really quickly. And then that spread fast to decorations, trapping a lot of the guests beneath it, which is an actual nightmare. That's a horror movie. Right? This is horrific. Terrifying. The bride was injured, but she survived. Unfortunately, though, she lost her parents, <gasps> her groom, and her sister in the accident. Oh. So what's supposed to be the best day of your life is easily turned into the worst One day. of the greatest tragedies you could ever think of. In insane. Oh my gosh. Police said it was the videographer's equipment that started the fire. Oh no. That plus the lack of proper exits led to five people associated with the venue being charged. The incident shed greater light on marriage hall safety and more venues in the area were inspected as a result of the tragedy. I'm glad that came out of it, but wow. But on your wedding day, That's you lose beyond. everyone close to you, basically. That's beyond terrific. Horrible. Wow. Nine. Number nine on our countdown is... The murder of Joe Malgoza at the hands of two wedding crashers in 2019. In Chino, California, Joe was celebrating his wedding night with family when the party ended around 2 a.m. That's when two wedding crashers who had sneaked into the wedding reception were asked to leave. But then they returned with baseball bats. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Now, this was a backyard wedding reception at the family home that the two murderers, also brothers, weren't invited to. So not only are they crashing a wedding, it's on someone's private home property. Yeah, that's not like literally in somebody's like, what backyard. Are you doing? When they came back with bats, the groom, Joe Malgoza, jumped forward to protect his guests and family. Oh. So he's like heroically jumping in front of them. Yeah. Like what a what a groom. He was brutally beaten and found a block away, barely hanging on to life. What? He died the next day. Two others were also injured in the attack. The two brothers were arrested for the crime and reportedly, and this like is horrifying, they smiled and smirked in court where they pleaded not guilty to murder. What? So they are just 
in like that's beyond I'm just that's so beyond confused evil. about how this whole thing happened. Like, why did you sneak into the wedding and then kill the groom? Well, and what's crazy is no one at the wedding knew the two killers. It seems like an, just a completely random attack. That's like the most random. That's so evil. And that's also just so sad. So evil. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of the top 10 tragic wedding crimes is the Houston, Texas marriage fraud scheme. In spring 2019, nearly 100 people were charged after an investigation targeted a criminal organization that created sham marriages to illegally obtain immigrant status for people in the United States. It's one of the largest marriage scams in Houston history run by a suspected criminal organization. Like, the mob? Like, oh what is this? God, what? Now, a woman named Ashley Wen of Houston led the whole organization with associates operating throughout Texas and Vietnam. Jeez, this was like widespread. Oh, yeah. And get this. The scheme had people paying $50,000 to $70,000 for a fake wedding to get legal immigration status, plus more money each time they received a higher immigration status. That's a lot of money. It was like a pyramid scheme, yeah, I feel that's like. that's a lot of money. Fraudulent couples were also given fake wedding albums and fake legal documents. Wow. And to add to it, a witness close to Ashley Weninko was told not to cooperate with investigative efforts and lay low. They were like, do not answer any yeah, questions. Just, just zip it. Keep your mouth shut. So charges of tampering with a witness and obstructing justice were tagged onto an already giant list of charges. Yeah. That included... 47 counts of marriage fraud, 50 counts of mail fraud, 51 counts of immigration fraud, and a long list of conspiracy charges. That's a lot. One might say too much fraud. Way too much fraud. Too much. Seven. At number seven this week is the Liverpool bomb hoax wedding. What? Neil McArdle was set to get married in spring 2013. As his bride was getting ready for the big day, Neil realized he forgot to confirm the venue. Oh my God. So he made a uh, less than logical choice to correct this mistake. I can't wait to find out what he did. So rather than tell his bride-to-be Amy that they won't be able to get married at St. George's Hall, Neil found himself a phone booth. Mm-hmm. As one does. Disguising his voice, Neil called the Liverpool Register Office, which is part of St. George's Hall, and said, There's a bomb in St. George's Hall, and it will go off in 45 minutes. What? He's just a problem solver, I love, Neil. I love the accent that you had in. I don't know. I feel like it went a little Irish. I'm not real sure. <laughs> I went with it. It though. makes sense. But the, the thing to really concentrate on here is that Neil is a nothing but a problem solver. I don't know. So this was also just 11 days after the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. So I think we remember authorities were already on high alert. Oh, yeah. At that point. That was a very scary time. So the building was evacuated, including the bride and the entire wedding party. Neil did come clean on what he had done. Neil was then sentenced to a year in prison. Wow, his bride must have, like, you could have just told her and said, you know what, I messed up. Well, and that also, as if I was, like, the bride-to-be, I'd be like, 
Am I that scary that you felt like you couldn't just tell me that? It was a learning like, moment for everyone it really involved. It was because I'd be like, you had to call in a bomb threat? <laughs> like, what? Honestly, it's, I'm not scary. So, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> do you relate? <laughs> Don't call in bomb threats, guys. I won't. Just tell the truth. Yeah. Six. Landing at number six is Karim Lisbeth Yepes Ortiz, the bride killed at the altar by a Mexican cartel. Wow. Yeah, you brought us up to just really have me bring us wow, right back down into again. into a nosedive. Now, in January of 2020, Ortiz was standing at the altar with her new husband as their wedding ceremony was wrapping up, and then gunfire began. Oh. By the time the attack was over, the bride had been killed and the groom was missing. I hate this. Missing. The shooters were rival gang members of the bride's brother, and the groom was also associated with a gang. The gang is suspected to be a new generation cartel that replaced the infamous El Chapo. So the shooters showed up in vans wearing bulletproof vests and just started shooting the second they got through the church doors, according to witnesses. This is horrifying. I also thought you were saying they showed up in van sneakers. They got my vans on, but they look like sneakers. Relevant. (laughs) Yeah, not relevant. Now, they took two hostages, including the groom, and shot at anybody who looked at them. Like, you were just watching a wedding two seconds ago, and now you're involved in this. I hate this. What? I really hate this. A random civilian in the wrong place at the wrong time, quite literally, outside of the church, was also killed by the gunfire. This is horrific. Right? Police continue to investigate the case. (gasps) Right? I don't like that at all. Uh Uh-uh. That last one is the one that stresses me out the most. That stresses me out the most. Um, The one you told about the guy, Neil, just being like, oopsie. Neil just found himself a phone booth and he was like, I got to make this right. Phone booth and a quick fix. Yeah. (laughs) It just sees a problem solver. Led to a year of his just really unpleasant life. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, these weddings are are awesome so far. Let's yeah. see what let's see what we have in the top five. Should we? I'm a little scared. Wayne Simmons spent 27 years undercover for the CIA. When he retired from spy work, he got a big break. Terrorism analyst on Fox News. Then he met Kent Clisby. So I'm a real CIA guy. This is total nonsense. I'm Alex French, and I'm here to figure out who's telling the truth. Was Wayne Simmons a spy, or was he nothing but a con man? Imposters is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. Over 25 years ago, on September 29, 1998, we watched a brainy girl with curly hair drop everything to follow a guy she only kind of knew all the way to college. And so began Felicity. My name is Juliette Littman, and I'm a Felicity superfan. Join me, Amanda Foreman, who you may know better as Megan, the roommate, and Greg Grunberg, who you may also know as Sean Blunberg, as the three of us revisit our favorite moments from the show and talk to the people who helped shape it. Listen to Dear Felicity, presented by Walmart on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of tragic wedding crimes. Starting off the second half of our list is the murder of Angelique Sutton and the kidnapping of her unborn baby. What? 
Angelique was 22 years old, eight months pregnant, and heading to the courthouse to get married when she stopped by a friend's house. That friend, Ashley Wade, then killed Angelique and took her baby. Oh my. Yeah, we're going way back down. The two women were childhood friends who had recently reconnected on Facebook. I hate Facebook. I was literally just going to say the root of all evil. Yeah, that's no good. When Angelique arrived at Ashley's apartment that day, Ashley stabbed Angelique and uh, cut her voice box out so she couldn't scream. Oh no, when that happens, like when you'll see that in a case, I just... Uh, that's the that, most terrifying thing. In also, a horror movie, how do you even learn how to do that? I can't. Ugh. She then cut the baby from the womb. And the baby, we I want to say right now, just because I know I would be like, Ugh. the so, baby survived. Okay, good, good, And good. is living with her father and doing well. So there's that. But turns out Ashley had been telling people that she was pregnant and posted sonograms and baby clothes pictures on Facebook. Again, Facebook is bad. It's It's so bad. Social media in general. Especially for this kind of stuff. It's like she had to like live up to that image she was projecting. Ooh. I wonder if she like like thought that she was. I think she did. Well, the defense described Ashley as extremely emotionally disturbed and argued that she should not be convicted because she was under the delusion that that baby was hers. So they do think she was like believing her own delusions. That's sad. The jury deliberated not just her guilt, but whether the motive was to take the baby all along or if it was just an afterthought of the murder. What? Because you don't know. Sure, we can argue that she was, you know, emotionally disturbed. We don't know. Right. It's This whole thing is horrific. Right. Ashley was found guilty on both kidnapping and murder charges. Wow. So just tragedy all around. I'm just so happy that the baby survived. Thank goodness, and is with the dad. That's awful that Angelique was on her way to get married. On her way. Like, all these, like, exciting things are about to happen in her life. Horrific. Oh, my God. Four. Landing at number four this week is the murder of Gladys Ricard in September 1999. Gladys was at her home in Ridgefield, New York, handing out bouquets to her bridesmaids when her ex, Augustin Garcia, showed up and shot her. Oh, yeah. Relatives claimed that Garcia was unstable and, quote, negative and, quote, couldn't accept rejection. He stalked Gladys after their breakup, actually. No good. Yeah, no. Everyone scrambled and the bride's brother eventually restrained him. Garcia's lawyer argued that the shots were accidental and that the gun went off during the struggle with her brother. It's like, no, because the shooting was caught on camera. And also, why did he show up with a gun? Right, and why were you being restrained in the first place? Like, that whole argument is just null. The defense also claimed that Gladys was still seeing Garcia on the side and that he had a temporary lapse of sanity, shocked by her wedding. So they're just, like, painting her to be the bad one here. Yeah. Ridiculous. He used the provocation defense when a person is considered to have committed a criminal act partly because of a preceding set of events that might cause a reasonable person to lose self-control. I hate that. It's stupid. I hate that. It's like they made me mad so I get to lose control and kill someone. Literally. I was triggered. That's okay. It's like like the same thing. No, it's not okay to kill someone. Murder is wrong no matter what somebody did to upset you. Well, the jury convicted him of murder and he was sentenced to life in prison. So no need to worry. So there's that. But... So tragic. Three. 
Number three on our countdown of tragic wedding crimes is the Door Wedding Day Massacre. On October 23, 1983, in the village of Door in South Yorkshire, England, Suzanne Leitner had just been married and enjoyed her wedding reception with her family at the family home when fugitive Arthur Hutchinson turned it into a bloody nightmare. Oh no. Yeah. Arthur Hutchinson was very disturbed early in his life. He grew up to be a violent man with a criminal rap sheet to prove it. While awaiting trial for various charges, he escaped the courthouse and went on the run, somehow landing in door and sneaking into the Leitner family home. So this is like Ted Bundy, yeah. but even scarier uh-huh. at this point. The Leitners had just wrapped up a great day with the wedding and the party afterwards. Oh my god. Hutchinson ended up violently stabbing three family members to death. The bride's mother, father, and brother. This is like the first one. Yes. But worse. He assaulted the bride's sister several times. She survived and described the suspect and events to police. How horrific is that? You were literally at a wedding like an hour ago, and and then this happens. And luckily she survived, but having to go through that? No. The crime scene was discovered by workers who came to pick things up that had been set up for the wedding. Oh my. Yeah. It took 39 days to track Hudsonson down. So after this, he was still on the run. Right. Because he, as he had escaped the police, but he was eventually caught and sentenced to life in prison. I'm so glad that he was caught. Oh my goodness. The fact that he was like, he escaped a courthouse that never should have happened. Right? This should have been avoided. It's like you said, it's like a Ted Bundy. Oh, it's horrible. That last one, I can't. Arthur Hutchinson is a terrifying person. Yeah, that's really scary. Yeah, it's... Ugh. I can't believe we've already made it, like, all the way through the list. There's only two left. I can't believe that there's already been a Mexican cartel shootout at a wedding. Yep. And we are not even at the top two. Like, that's, <laughs> like what? That's actually bananas. Yeah, I mean, we lot. started it off pretty crazy. We now. started right out the gate, so... I'm excited to hear what number one is. I'm terrified to hear it. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Two. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of tragic wedding crimes. At number two is the murder of Yale doctorate student Annie Lay. Annie vanished from a lab on campus five days before she was set to get married. Her body was then found on her wedding day. They found her killer, but never a reason. Oh, it's it's scarier when there's no motive. That's the scariest. Billy Loomis will tell you, right? Security cameras at the lab show her entering one morning, but then never leaving. And her roommates reported her missing when she didn't come home. And when bloody clothes were found, the building was declared a homicide scene. 
yeah, like terrifying. Oh, spooky. Now get this. She had weirdly written an article for a school publication about campus safety called Crime and Safety in New Haven. Ooh. She was found on the date of her would-be wedding, decomposing upside down behind a wall. That, that wouldn't, if you saw that in a horror movie, you'd be like, that's too much. Right? That's one of those things where you're like, too much. no, but it's, I, I can't believe that's reality. That's what happened. She had a broken jaw and collarbone, most likely sustained while she was alive. Oh. Her cause of death was, quote, traumatic asphyxiation by neck compression. Oh my God. Yeah, so her final moments must have been absolutely horrific. And do you know how hard it is to break a clavicle? It's I, I do really not personally. Hard. I personally do, and it's hard. I, I believe it, because that's one of like the thickest bones in it the body. It takes a lot of force to break a clavicle. Oh, that freaks me out. Well, DNA confirmed that Ray Clark, a lab worker who did custodial duties, was responsible for Annie's murder. He confessed and apologized to the family, but never provided insight or an explanation as to why he killed that's Annie. That's so evil. Right? That's so evil. Like, I don't want your apology. Your, your apology, apology means nothing. Yeah, you can throw your apology to the wind tell me why yeah and he's not gonna do that but are you kidding maybe me? there is no reason like maybe then he, he should say that yeah he should say there was no reason i'm just that way that would even be scarier oh i hate him one And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 tragic wedding crimes. The fake wedding drug sting in Flint, Michigan on September 21st, 1990. As the drug problem in the area was getting pretty bad, undercover officers Deborah Williams and Lacey Brown posed as a drug-loving couple who invited all the dealers to their wedding so they could bust them all at once. Not so much tragic for the couple as for the guests this time around. This is <laughs> iconic. Tell me more. Tell me it all. I'm so glad this was number one. I never heard of this. Me neither. This operation actually went on to be the blueprint for other major drug arrests disguised as parties because of its success. That's actually like brilliant. It truly is. It was five months in the making, like a real wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it included officers in deep covers as avid drug users and Williams and Brown laying the foundation for their quote unquote relationship. My goodness. The wedding planning consumed the department as if it were a real wedding. <laughs> now, they must have had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to pull it off with no budget and without being found out. Two very large factors. They invited the biggest dealers in town with the promise of big sales and purchases. Some already had warrants. So <laughs> they made a few initial arrests outside the venue, but ultimately waited for as many criminal guests to arrive as possible. What? <laughs> they went through all the steps of a real wedding ceremony and reception, just waiting for the right time. I'm also just picturing them in like black tie attire. Oh, yeah. While they're just arresting people. While they're just waiting for that like, right time. In a ball gown, like you have the right to remain silent. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Even the band that performed during the reception were police officers undercover. What? Like an undercover police band. One of them's like, I can play guitar. <laughs> I love it so the much. The other guy's like, I got an all right voice. So it wasn't Kevin from The Office and his band uh, Synchronicity, in case, <laughs> or Scrantonicity, in case anybody watches The Office. Little, little deep cut. Uh, when police popped up and surrounded guests in a mass arrest, some believed it was a joke at first. I love this so <laughs> And then much. immediately they were like, oh. Oh, it's far oh, too real, It's actually. real. And it worked. Oh, man. 
That's so funny. That is definitely number one. Nothing else should have been number one. Nothing else ever will be number one. Honestly, number one could have been the whole list because that was just so great. That's hilarious. I want to know like all the details about that. Oh, it's so good. And I love that it was used as a blueprint for other right? parties to, to bust people. That's so fun. <laughs> it is so fun. I feel like I don't, I can't think of anything. I don't know any other tragic wedding events. I didn't know most of these. I mean, Runaway Bride, but like that's, that's different. <laughs> Like, that's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know most of these, so this was a learning experience for all. For real. Thanks, Parcast. Good job. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other Parcast shows for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which I hope you do because this was a wedding episode and we should get married, you should follow us on our <laughs> other podcast, Morbid. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts or you can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. Keep it weird until next Monday and I guess we'll see you at our wedding. Love you so much. XOXO, goodbye. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein. Research by Ambika Chotera, J.K. Hio, and Mickey Taylor. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Jonathan Ratliff. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart.